0: Friendships are so nuanced. They're one of the most meaningful relationships in our lives, and as I get older, I find myself really craving deep and intimate female friendships. But I'm not gonna lie, navigating them has not been easy. I'm Valeria, and if you're confused about female friendships, then you are not alone. In this episode, I'm going to talk to Danielle bayer Jackson, a literal friendship expert, and Mary B. Sharon, my best friend of 14 years. Our first guest, Danielle, has so much wisdom. I remember when I first came upon her Instagram, I was like, oh my God, yes, I need to talk to her. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you.
1: My name is Danielle Byer Jackson. I am a female friendship coach and educator. And normally, when I share that with people, they kind of look at me with an eyebrow of suspicion, like, girl, is that a real job? And I swear it's a real job. And so, you know, I, as a friendship coach, I can help women through any of their most pressing friendship issues. And I know to some it might seem really strange, but I always say if you can get support for a failing business, if you can get support for your relationship, why not get support for what I would argue is one of the most Important relationships we'll ever have. So that's what I do.
0: That's amazing. I was actually, when I found your account, just kind of like you said, I all of a sudden noticed exactly what it is that you do. And it just hit me. I'm like, wow, how was this not something that's been around for so much longer? Because it is a someone who is especially as I get older, I see so much more value in that sense of community and and friendship around me. It's so vital to our overall success in life. So I'm so happy you're here.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you see the value. And I know sometimes people are like, oh, is that a thing? And then when they start to understand the kinds of things I can help them with and they start to realize, oh, that's not something I have to kind of like struggle with privately. I could actually get someone to support me. I think they have the same reaction you do. So I'm glad it resonated with you.
0: Romantic relationships take priority in our culture. It's kind of like a societal notion And we just expect our partners to be our confidant, to be our shoulder to cry on, a person to vent to, a person to hang out with, so much. And I felt that way about my marriage. But as the years go by, I'm realizing that it's unrealistic for one person to meet all of your social and emotional needs. It's exhausting. And that's why we need friends but i find myself asking okay how do i do this like how do i actually make friends i want to share with you a little experience i've had i did this women's circle i'm new to miami and this is my first year and i've i've come to miami with an intention to build and nourish a tribe around me and finding you know my the friends that I want to be surrounded and inspired by. So I've very much actively been going out and and taking action. And I I participated in this one uh, women's circle, which was my first experience. And let me tell you, it was so awkward and so... It was beautiful. It was with people that I knew, uh, which was even funnier, that I just felt so, you know... I just wanted to hide under the blanket, but when someone sits in front of you and talks to you and and and, and tells you what they love about you and how they want, you know, to see your friendship develop.
1: I was just like, oh my God, this is so weird. Oh my gosh. You saying like, it feels kind of awkward. I think it does for a lot of women. That's so true that you touched on that. I think it's because it is a foreign idea to us about openly and freely expressing affection and appreciation for a friend because our culture has emphasized that you are to reserve those feelings for your romantic relationship. And once you find that- okay, that gets all your time, energy, love, all that. And so the idea of, you know, I'm going to put a date on the calendar to see my friend. And you know what? She was on my mind this morning. I'm going to text her, good morning, girl. You know, So for some of us, it's foreign to give that kind of love. For some of us, it's foreign to receive that kind of open love from a platonic friend. But I think we'll all be better for it once we get more comfortable.
0: I feel not a lot of people know, except my really close, close friends. But I struggle to express and receive platonic affection. There's something profoundly awkward about being gushy and vulnerable with my friends. It feels childish. But I also wonder how much do I let this awkwardness get in the way? I can get so stuck in my head thinking, why is this awkward? Is it me? Is it something wrong with me that makes it feel so hard to find my people? Do I have intimacy issues? And how do I fix them? Why is it so hard to make friends as an adult?
1: Some reasons are our fault and some things are just, you know, a sign of the times. And so people tend to go back and they say, oh, it was so much easier back in the day and like romanticize it. And I think in some elements, maybe it was. And I think that's because we had these social backdrops that were provided for us, school or maybe or or work or recess or or things like that. But it's really because we had so much time together. So there's research out of the University of Kansas that found that it takes about 50 hours to be like associates and friends 90 hours to be good friends and 200 hours to be best friends and so if you translate that into adulthood when you have so many other priorities competing for your time and attention now you have kids now you have a job now you're trying to you know hustle take care of your mental health i mean now you have things that compete with spending the time that's necessary to invest to get closer to another person so sometimes just time as a limited resource is a barrier but it's possible, but we just got to be strategic now. I got to be honest. I've noticed people who have a certain mindset that gets in the way of forming friendships. So if you think it's too late for you to make friends because you're too old, that's going to impact the way that you engage. You're not going to follow up on on connections with people because secretly you don't even believe it's possible. If you feel like, oh, everybody already has their friend group. Um, If you feel like, oh, I'm too, insert trait here, I'm too shy, I'm too this, people won't want to be friends with me because I'm too. That gets in the way too. So some of it's your mindset. That's a great
0: point. It's like juggling balls in the air. Adulthood is literally—it's a circus, and we're the
1: clowns. And we're <laughs> that is the quote of the that is the quote <laughs> of the show right there. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, how do past friendships influence our present ones?
1: Yes, I think the biggest takeaway for me after doing like five years of, of research and interviewing researchers on, on connection and communication is that it is not something that comes naturally. And we have this idea that, oh, how hard could it be to be friends? Like, that's so easy. But as far as like communicating your expectations or persevering after conflict, or you guys have like a little tension, you know, no one taught us these skills. So we've just been assuming, oh, extroverted, outgoing people, they're good at it. And introverted people, maybe they aren't good at it. And it doesn't work like that. And so if you want successful friendships, you can't expect it to organically happen. It does require a little thought and intention.
0: This is so true. Friendship doesn't usually come naturally, though there is an exception to every rule. Meet Mary Bicheron, my best friend. (laughs) We met 14 years ago. I had just moved to Canada and I didn't really know anyone outside of my boyfriend at the time. I tried so hard to make friends, maybe a little too hard, but Mary was different. Mary was special. Becoming friends with her was so intuitive. I had never experienced anything like it before. Hi, Boo. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, always. I love having you. And I feel like you and I had the most uncomplicated, yet it evolved so much kind of friendship that that's why I wanted to chat with you. I've only recognized... Recently, really, because I started focusing on my friendships and who's around me, how unique our connection is and our relationship,
2: you know, has been. I 100% agree. I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that we truly, we're like on the same vibration a lot of the times. Like, there's no explanation. We both really believe in self-growth. We believe in responsibility. There's so many things that with friendships that people... Um, don't necessarily do. They're expecting the other person to serve or give something. And and we never really had that expectation on one another, where in your 20s, you're working so hard to developing who you are and you have expectations on people. And and we kind of always did our own thing and remained communicative and respected our space, like I said, and, and allowed each other to grow and look at us growing together, um, having the ability to be in the next level and chapter together is is a big blessing, I think.
0: Maybe this is what's so special about my friendship with Mary. From the beginning, we've prioritized openly talking about our relationship and, and drawing boundaries. It feels like second nature. In our friendship, we have a very good skill of calling each other out on things that it doesn't come from a place of judgment but it comes from a place of hey like let me shed some light on this part that you did that i think you could have acted differently or just sit with it like think about it you know it it's not from a place of you messed up or you know this is your fault or anything like that we
2: never allowed i don't think anything to ever get that deep and the reason is exactly that and It goes back to what we were discussing before, safe place, human. It's very normal that X, Y, and Z would happen. Okay, but why did it happen, right? And like, we approach things and they might not sound pretty.
0: because I used to think my friendship with Mary had no conflict. How would you describe a healthy conflict?
1: Healthy conflict is anything that presents an opportunity to solve a problem. And after we have this conversation or this tension, I feel like I understand you better. We solved a problem that came up. We're closer. That's a healthy conflict. Unhealthy is we're doing things that ruin the connection. So if I'm giving you the silent treatment, that's unhealthy because it works against coming back together. If I am telling other people about our issue, but I'm not telling you, that's unhealthy. If I'm yelling at you because I'm really ticked off, that's unproductive. Like that's not gonna make us connect. So conflict's going to happen, but is it an opportunity to solve a problem? And are we doing things to reconcile instead of doing things that are only going to make it worse?
0: My conflicts with Mary have definitely made our relationship so much stronger and enduring. I attribute the strength of our friendship to the way we support one another, like when we don't overstep boundaries. We show up for each other without having to save each other. And I just remember when you would come to me when you had difficult times. Oh,
2: they were difficult. A lot of crying.
0: A lot of crying. crying, But to me, I was like, okay, how do I make sure that I create that space for her, but I don't stand in the way of her finding her own, you know, answers. Because at the end of the day, that's what
2: we believe in. Um, you were very much there for me in certain times of my life where I needed guidance. I needed to find tools. And I found those tools through other outlets, of course. But you're always there for me to, to give me a safe space. And that's what friendship really is. Like, you can't save people. And those people can't also bring you down. Like, I'm sure if there was a period of time where, yes, I was going through a rough time and emotionally and everyone goes through it in a period of life that goes without saying. But it's so important to not transport that pain. It's very hard being able to take responsibility. This is how I feel. Thank you for allowing me to feel this way. It's very easy to cry about things. You know, it's very easy to feel lost And the only reason we feel that way is because we don't have the tools to get to where we want to be.
0: Having a safe, judgment-free space in our friendship became really important for me when I started having kids. Things got tough. I was 22 when I had Jake, so I was the first one among my friends to have a child. And I was so nervous that I would lose those friends because motherhood is so isolating. You're dealing with hormones, a crying baby, and honestly, you're ultimately mourning yourself. You have to be okay with having needs and trust that your friends will show up because at the end of the day, we need friendships for
1: our health. There's research where they looked at over 100 things that influence depression, and the number one preventer of depression they found is having someone to talk to. We need friendship for our mind for our body, for our health. We need it. And I mean, there's mountains of research that show the differences between people who have it and people who don't. I get nervous when I hear people talk about how they can take it or leave it because I already know they're signing themselves up for a lot of loneliness, anxiety, depression, and even physical ailments. There's research that shows that being lonely persistently is as physically detrimental to your body as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's how bad it is. And so I think we've got to start talking about friendship from more of a wellness perspective instead of something like, oh, yeah, I go to brunch every now and then with my girls. Friendship is so much more than that. And so, yeah, I get alarmed when I hear young people kind of dismissively talk about friendship like it's um, something that's not essential.
0: Right. We need to take our friendship seriously. Yeah. (laughs) Looking back on my 20s, I don't know if I fully appreciated the value of friendship and community. I struggled with allowing myself to be vulnerable. I remember when I first moved to Canada, I'd walk into a room full of strangers and right away become so overwhelmed. I'd be like, okay, who can I talk to at this party? I tried to find one person to hold on to and force an immediate connection, usually by oversharing. I dove into so many friendships that fizzled out fast because there wasn't any substance to those relationships.
2: I find in your early 20s, you're finding, like you said, a way to connect to someone so, so much. But a lot of it is trying to, and I'm going to say this, take it how you want in a sense, but it's what can you get from someone? There's so much using to an extent. hundred percent. And that journey, I think that that's what you end up looking for because you're lost yourself. And who you think has your best interest don't sometimes, you know.
0: To a degree, all relationships, even healthy relationships, are transactional. There's a give and take. We use each other for support, for connection, and especially for validation. I wonder if also there's an aspect of, because so much of our friendships, especially when friends that we make when we're younger, if there's a lot of aspects of codependency uh, because, you know, our friends, to your point, validate us, you know, make us feel good about ourselves. At what point, just like in romantic relationships, do we recognize that this is maybe this unhealthy codependency? And is there, an unhealthy codependency in friendships? That's actually a question
1: I would like to ask. You know, I think we all like the idea of like having friends and that's fun. But some of us are using friendship because we don't want to be lonely. Some of us are using friendship because we're we're afraid of being abandoned and it triggers something that happened in our past. Some of us are using friendship as an opportunity to move up socially. And this person, you know, she's cool or whatever, but one of the things I value about her is that she helps give me access to other places and other people and other networks you know and and I don't think people would call themselves a user but there are a lot of reasons that we attach and call somebody our friend oh, gosh I've had countless sessions with women who stay in friendships because they're scared that they don't have anything to offer just as a woman so they feel like if they left this friendship would anybody else love them the same way or accept them the same way and because you're scared of the unknown on the other side You'd rather stay, the same way you would with, with a boyfriend. I don't know that I could get anyone else, so I, I'd rather stay here. At least it's familiar, even though I'm being mistreated, even though it's not really great. Some women like to feel needed.
0: Maybe I stayed in a lot of friendships that didn't serve me because I was scared of what would happen if I left them. In reality, I think I was just scared of being honest and telling the truth when something wasn't working.
1: When you're getting into a romantic relationship and you're starting to kind of like fall for this guy and you're like, ah, oh, you know, you kind of have the idea in the back of your mind that it's a possibility it doesn't work out. When you meet a new woman you you love and she's just great, we're often not thinking about what if this doesn't work out? And so in the cases where it does come to an end, many of us are struggling to reconcile our expectations with reality. So it's hard to even wrap your mind around the fact that something you've kind of thought would be forever is over. I think another reason it's difficult is because I think our friendships offer a lot in the formation of our identity. And there's a lot of research that shows that that's true, that especially in in childhood, that your friends are very important as you figure out who you are. I think that continues in adulthood. So if I have a friend who who loves me you know when I'm with her it validates that I am I'm funny and I'm interesting so when it does end you do kind of question what did I do wrong or what's wrong with me that I can't keep it going and so there's a lot of maybe kind of like shame guilt confusion wrapped up in in a friendship ending and then finally I'll say you know our friendships are so integrated into the fabric of our lives they're who we hang out with they're who we call you know they're who we celebrate with so when it's over, Who are you doing those things with? So it's not a nice and clean break. You know, that's who I was spending my time with on the weekend. That's who I confided in. That's who offered support. So when you remove all of that from your life, you know, that's a lot to grieve.
0: Like if I had a breakup with a friend that really mattered and, you know, was someone who was monumental in my life at some point, I find that it would be a harder pill to swallow than a past relationship because in, for past relationship, you're kind of like, okay, it wasn't the right time, the right place. You, you know, there's all these different ways to digest it. But with friendships, if you are the one who's getting hurt, it's, um, it's, it's really difficult. I can see how it's something you carry for a long time and it starts manifesting into other connections
1: that you make. There's one research study that found that even when women think about a friendship breakup, their bodies show distress. Like, it's just that intense for us to imagine the dissolution of a friendship.
0: It's like the world stops spinning. You question yourself, you question the other person, you question everything. And I think that sometimes, as an attempt to avoid that pain, we stay in friendships that don't nourish us. But life is too short to invest in friends that don't invest in us.
2: How do you make my life better? And how can I make your life better? Where's the value? I am no longer a 20-year-old people pleaser. I am no longer in a position where I think that I need to hear these negative things. How can I better your life and how can you better my life? Not materialistically. You should be doing that all on yourself and all on your own. But how can we be better? And I think that that, to me today, is the number one most important with friendships.
0: I love that. We are no longer people-pleasing. At this point in my life, friendship is no longer about clout or approval or refusing to let go. It's truly about feeling good in my body. We listen so much to our minds and think about what we should be feeling, what we should be doing, But our bodies hold so much knowledge. They are a great indicator of how the experience left us. So when I leave a conversation or a meeting with a friend, I ask myself, how do I feel? Do I feel like my cup is full? Do I feel completely drained? That's not to say it's always going to be painless. There's always going to be a give and take. But generally, does this friend inspire me to be a better person? Mary inspires me to become the best version of myself. She makes me feel so warm and so loved. And leaving this conversation, I'm feeling grateful for this friendship because 14 years is a long time. And I don't think we've ever sat down and spoken about our friendship and how it has evolved. So this conversation was an enlightening experience for me. And I want to give a quick shout out to Danielle for coming on the show. You can learn more about her work at BetterFemaleFriendships.com or listen to her podcast, Friend Forward. I'm so glad she was able to join me today because she really helped me feel less isolated. So many of us struggle with friendships. But what I've realized is that even when it's awkward, we have to put ourselves out there. We can't let ourselves get in the way of having this unique and beautiful type of love in our lives. I'm at a place in my life now where I intimately understand the value of female friendships. This conversation has reminded me to continue investing love and care into them, and it inspired me to do a friendship health check-in. I'm going to reach out to some of my friends and just ask, hey, how have you been? How have I been? Do you feel like you need more support? Can I show up for you better? And just truly communicate, because communication makes every relationship, be it friendship or romantic, so much better. There's power in being honest with yourself and the people in your life. We just need to lead with our hearts, follow our gut, and know that we are not alone. Not Alone is produced by Valeria Inc. and Frequency Media. Thank you to everyone involved and thank you for listening. I'm Valeria Lipovetsky and always remember, you are not alone.